Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent, with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista, que solo nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estamos, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another... Chi- uh, no. <laughs> Let's try that again. Three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasic. With you, as always, every Tuesday, bringing you the latest and greatest in Befica land. Tres en tres. Vamos ao Marquês. Something like I saw the Tres en tres rumo ao Marquês. That was Red Baron. What's happening, Dave? How you been? How's it going, Alfredo? What's going on? Lots of Freddies uh, already in the chat out. Uh, in the chat, shout out to the uh, the Freddies. Uh, uh, it's uh, feeling good. We're uh, we're we're in the uh, international break, and the team is uh, rolling uh, rolling along here. These are the times that you wish we didn't have an international break, just so that the team wouldn't lose any uh, momentum. But uh, we're riding high right now, Alfredo. Yeah, for sure. Now, welcome everybody to the ch- to the chat. Saucy was in there first. Redman, Davy Hen, Justin Aragão, uh, Diogo Reis, uh, Redman Twenty One, Red Baron, Michael Miranda. In motion, in motion. What's happening, man? What's going on, brother? I know you you've been uh, traveling here to these parts, but uh, you haven't been to, to the East Coast yet. When you come to the East Coast, make sure you look us up. Well, Christian is not here today, unfortunately, due some some personal conflicts. He can be here, uh, so it's just me and Dave. We we've handled this before, Dave. We could do it, right? Oh yeah, two man job. We can That's get right. Yeah, episode 479 is what we're serving up tonight. Um, and on episode 479, we'll recap the Vitoria game. Uh, we also discuss the UCL draw, in which we could consider us ourselves very fortunate. And we will also talk about that dreaded international break. We'll have a list of players who will be away with their national teams. Dave, I also know that uh, Roger Schmidt gave uh, some time off 
to the rest of the the squad. I think uh, I want to I, I want to say nine days. I don't yeah, know they if didn't I read have to. Right. They didn't have to report back till this upcoming Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, from what I read. Yeah. Uh, so I I I noticed that uh, that uh, Vrissim's wife posted a picture, and, and they're in Marrakesh. So I, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, again, welcome all the Freddies. Thanks for joining us once again every Tuesday night. Sorry for for coming in a little late. We were trying to figure something out. We had to restart the whole thing, but we're doing good now. We're doing good. Um, anyway, um, let's start at the beginning, right? Like we would always should start, right, Dave? At the beginning, <laughs> get get my. Little, I don't know. There has been there is seasons. In There's the been past. times we've we've started at the end, right? We've started in the end. We've started in alternate universes when the seasons yeah. weren't going right for us. But yeah, let's start. Let's start at the uh, the beginning. Yeah, no, uh, beginning is always good. So let's start with the uh, Guimarães game. Benfica hosted Vitória Sport Club. They don't like to be called uh, Guimarães. Vitória Sport Club at Stadio Luz this past uh, this past weekend, and it was a rematch uh, against a team, the first team that that took away points from us domestically. I'll give you the lineup. We'll get a little started. Vlacodimus is in goal. Ba, Silva, Otamendi, Grimaldo, Tino, Chiquinho, João Mario, Neres, Rafa, and Ramos. Uh, Auschwitz was uh, serving a one-game suspension after picking up his fifth yellow card. And, um, yeah. What did you think when you saw this lineup? You said, yeah, this is high-powered. I love it. This What'd is think, the lineup. Dave? That we we discussed last uh, last podcast, right? Arshness is out, but Rafa missed the last game due to illness, so he slides into that uh, that lineup, and Nersh doesn't doesn't come out, right? So, um, just as we predicted here, it's Benfica's top uh, top lineup, their strongest eleven that they can go to, um, given the circumstances with Arshness. So. No real uh, surprises there to uh, to the lineup. Yeah, five one final uh, score, uh, convincing win by Benfica at a time where the team is rolling. And I think that these past go- and, and and look, I I think you look at this game in general, and I don't think it was as impressive as we've seen. But there's moments um, in which we see this team hitting firing on all cylinders, and I think it's it's. It's it's a joy to watch, Dave. From the time that we suffered all last season, we suffered like freaking dogs. We you suffered. can even take it back more than just last uh, last <laughs> season, really. We, we, I've we, I've already uh, erased my memory from from before that. Yeah, but it, la- it, it, they've been painful, man. They have. They um, have it's been. been like that for a while. Uh, I mean, you talk about Vitoria days. You talk about. Uh, the the later stages of uh, of uh, Lage's um, tenure, uh, then you got the whole JJ fiasco that everybody thought that JJ was going to come in and and save everyone uh, or save Benfica because uh, he, he's such a, a great coach and he was Jesus you know, saves. Come on, Alfredo. Jesus we're, saves, and he's we're he's in, the we're in the Easter season here. You got to remember that Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's go. Uh, but yeah, you know, and but it's been suffering, man. It's been it's been tough times, especially doing a podcast, coming in here, and thinking, man, do I really want to do this podcast? But obviously, with the love for the club. But anyway, 
I think we deserve this. That's that's all I want to say. Five you're, one. Uh, you're forgetting about uh, Verissimo. It is what it is. Uh, oh there yeah. Are a spells with him in term, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely uh, much better football we're watching uh, from the, this club now, and I I would definitely agree. We deserve. We all deserve this. Not just you and I. All Benficaishas around the world deserve. This, uh, Without this a doubt, style of, uh, of play that the team's playing. Without a doubt, convincing win. Goals by Ramos, João Mario, uh, uh, two times. Uh, then an own goal. Uh, then uh, Silva, uh, Antonio Silva, finally scoring uh, at Stade de Luz. He hadn't scored a game at home yet. Uh, closing that out, five-one. Unfortunately, we gave up gave up a goal there. But let's talk about um, let's talk about this team. I just. Playing that side, you lose. I think that realistically, right? And we always talk about in terms of you know, study to lose. And when Fred and the lose, it's 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 our it's our it's our fortress. It's uh, you know our safe place. It's a stronghold. But I think that when you look at the way Benfica has played at home, Dave, um, I are we even afraid of any team coming in study to lose and giving us trouble? No, and, and we shouldn't. Like, I think what we've been accustomed to these last couple of years where things haven't gone, been right for us is we have struggled against these these smaller teams at our home. And Chris and you and I, we've all said that Benfica should never be struggling once uh, against these smaller teams, and especially uh, at home, right? That, that's our fortress. That's, that's our home. Um, but... This season, I think I saw a stat hit there. Uh, this season, we've gotten in the 20 games that we've played at, at home, we've won about 18, if I'm not mistaken, and drawn uh, drawn to- twice. The PSG game and the that, Sporting game were the only two draws. So 18 wins and two draws in the yeah, 20 games the, played uh, this uh, this season at the Estadio de Luz. So yeah, definitely a, yeah. a home field advantage, and it, it's great. Uh, this was uh, the full season with the uh, stadium back to full capacity. I know last year was at half to start the season and with with COVID, but a full season with the uh, the stadium full. So um, we definitely have a, a home field advantage when uh, when playing at the Estadio de Luz. Yeah, no, it's it's been something consistent. And then when you when you get the team playing the way they've been playing, and they really feel the crowd behind them. I think it's it's just a, lock, a locomotive that you can't stop. Um, Diogo Reis said Chiquinho is legit. There, I said it. Um, look, I, I think that, that there's there's something to be said about the evolution of Chiquinho, uh, right? Uh, and you guys both have heard myself and and Chris and maybe Dave a little bit more subdued in terms of what we thought of Chiquinho. Do we see a team that's competitive in Europe? And I'm not talking about the Tugawa. I'm talking about Europe. As Shikinu being a part of it, the guy in the midfield, the engine. And obviously, we we've been saying no, no, no. But I think that Shikinu over these past couple of games, he really has improved, uh, and is really shutting a lot of people up, myself included. And I can't speak for Chris, uh, but certainly there's there's a lot more quickness in terms of his decision making. Uh, and the passes that he makes, he doesn't hold to the ball um, as much as he was. He's a lot quicker in understanding where the next pass is going to be, which was something that 
that Enzo did really well. He got the ball, and, and before he even got the ball, he already knew where that ball was going to go. And that was what kept the team very dynamic uh, and very unpredictable by switching those balls, by passing uh, between the lines. And I think that Chiquinho, albeit, I don't know if you could compare him to, to Enzo just yet, but I think he's he's learned that. He's learned that he can't hold the ball for too long, and he already has to know where the ball is going to go before he even gets a pass. In all of this, I think all of this really develops as you get more reps with your teammates, when you're aware of the tendencies of your teammates, when you're aware that if you get a pass on the left side of the midfield, you're going to look for an overlap for, for from Grimaldo. And you might not even look, but if you hit that ball to that space, if you're familiar with how Grimaldo plays and how the rest of the team plays, then you know you don't even have to look. You could hit the ball there, and Grimaldo's going to be there. And I think the thing that's changed the most about Chiquinho is the reps that he's had with the team and understanding the team's dynamics and the team's movements. Um, I, you know, I was reading a stat here from Goal Point, and this was a halfway uh, stat or, or, or a halftime stat. 93% accuracy in his in his passes, and 10 of them were forward passes. So none of this lateral stuff, the small, small passes. So, I mean, he, he, he's kind of made a, a – he's making a name for himself. While a lot of people have doubted him that he could come in and, and really fill in big shoes left by Enzo, but he, he looks to, to be the, the real deal. Dave, have you changed your opinion on Chiquinho yet? Listen, Shikingu's playing great uh, at the moment. We've caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle here. Let's let's ride out this uh, this year. Uh, we're we're on pace to do something special here. Um, so no no uh, point in in poo pooing on on Shikingu at the moment. Let's enjoy this this ride. Um, would I put my mortgage that uh, Shikingu is our starting uh, midfielder for the next two, three seasons? No, but let's let's just enjoy this this ride. He's playing well. He's playing uh, full of confidence. So um, let's just enjoy it. But uh, I I, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't mortgage my uh, my future that uh, he's uh, he's our man going forward for the next uh, two, three seasons. But enjoy okay. it while uh, while it lasts. Yeah, look, I think he's a valid option. Uh, I think he's a valid option. I think he does a lot of things well, but he's also, he, I think he, he lacks that extra. And, and maybe star power is not the is not the, the right word, but he, he lacks that extra status as a player, right? For me, Chiquinho is always going to be a good player, but he's going to be at the caliber of an Andre Almeida, right? Where he was consistent didn't really do much to compromise at the height of his career uh and it was a guy that uh, stayed injury free so i i think that what chiquinho has been doing is he's he's number one he's proving roger schmidt right right because we thought that ausnish for sure was the guy that was going to play in that position once enzo left and as it turns out chiquinho is the number one option for that and he's proven uh, over the past couple games he's proven us that he's the right choice. And look, again, we, we could question the little things with Roger Schmidt here and there, but he, he continues to prove us wrong. So it, and Roger, we trust, if I could say that, right? And we need to continue trusting trusting Roger because 
and I think that that Carlos is Carlos is saying uh, credit to Roger. No way we thought the ceiling was this high before January. Oh, with that, I, I didn't think so. I I thought that he was gonna I thought he was gonna do well, but I thought there's a transition period, and I didn't think he was gonna do this well this early, because Benfica's been absolutely dominating. Right, uh, he's gotten players to play to the best of their abilities. He's gotten Ramos to the place where he was supposed to to get. He's gotten he's gotten the best season out of João Mario yet. Rafa's happy. Rafa's celebrating goals. Um, and look, Tino's playing. Right, uh, Antonio Silva. I mean, all of these you can't you can't discount the the Roger factor because. Aside from the tactical aspect of being a coach and what he brings to the game, there's a man management aspect and really be able to look at your squad and be able to pull everything out of your squad or even adapt the tactics to meet what the squad's abilities are. And there's a lot of coaches that they have a lot of good players, but they don't have a team. PSG being one of them, obviously, right? And we all know why that is but when you look at this Benfica team and you look how much a lot of these guys have improved well, Grimaldo's having the best season of of his career Shomaru as I mentioned and I think it's just uh, I think there's a lot of credit that Roger Schmidt uh, takes here uh, because it's not only as I mentioned it's not only tactics these are my tactics and you guys have to conform to these tactics is finding the best of the players and then tweaking the tactics a little bit so everybody fits um to a t and it's it's been great to to watch it and this game was no different um i think we were looking for a little bit of uh, payback from vitória de guimarães uh if you guys recall that vitória de guimarães came um after an international break and i think that the team was a little um distracted uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't play all that well. Uh, and we were fortunate to come out of there with a tie, to be honest with you. We really didn't deserve a tie. But I think that the team feel it, felt that they needed to uh, set the record straight. Um, again, uh, first substitutions at, at the 75th minute. Uh, and that was after the 4 the nothing, which happened in the 69th minute. Musa came in for Ramos, Neves came in for Florentino, Murata came in for Motamendi. Um, I, I want to hear, hear, Dave, do you have any theory as to why Roger Smith is not is not making these subs earlier? I, I want to hear from the chat. I mean, you guys in the chat, you have a theory on this? Who, who knows? I mean, like, this is this is his, this got to be his style. I'd like to see if this is what he's done at, in previous teams as well like going back uh, to PSV and uh, Leverkusen if this is just something that uh, he's I don't want to say hesitant on making substitutions but I mean it's this has been uh, almost uh, we're past the halfway mark and this is what he he's done um, I mean that's that's his style though uh, we it didn't bite us in the ass uh, this uh, this game, but Florentino is still sitting on uh, that one yellow card away from missing uh, the Porto match. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out uh, against Rio Ave, whether um, whether we rest him. I don't think we should rest him because we're, he's already got the rest this week 
plus another week of rest, then that's almost two weeks without playing a game. Then you're expecting him to be full uh, full force for Porto. But um, going to be interesting to see if Roger uh, pulls him out of that game uh, early. At least I would hope so, learning uh, from Arshness. Um, uh, or what he he didn't do with Arshness, but uh, Shaking was definitely or Shaking Florentino is sitting on that that one yellow uh, and is uh, away from uh, being suspended for that uh, all important match against Porto. Yeah, Saucy's saying that it's his mo. Carlos is saying uh, he's clearly hesitant in breaking the rhythm. Yeah, it could be that. Uh, today I heard uh, I heard I was I forget what I was listening to or either listening or reading that. Um, it's not a matter of, of, of stamina because when Bifika has the the ball, um, they're kind of resting. There's no intensity. I think that when Benfica doesn't have the ball is when the intensity needs to be there because there's that, that counter press that needs to happen. There's that high up on the field. There's the team needs to pay, to play compressed. So as the forwards go and press, the midfield has to go with them. The, the f- defense has to go with them. So it, when Rafika has the ball as managing the game, they're kind of uh, really resting, if you if you will. And I think that what I read was that uh, resting in possession. I think that was the term that that I read. Not a, I think it might have been on Vizon Jug that I heard from Luis Freitas Lobo or something like that that he said. But it, it makes sense. Um, the other thing in terms of I could have sworn and and look by. By old days and old practices and habits, I could have sworn that that Tino was going to force his yellow card so he could serve the suspension against Riwav, so then he could play against Porto. But it it really shows the mentality of this team and of the coach, right? The next game is always the most important game, so let's put field our strongest eleven in the following game and have the bench as strong as it can be so we could win it. Because, uh, and I've seen, we've seen Sporting do this, resting players against Maritim for Benfica, and they ended up uh, losing points in that game. So I think the, the approach is, is the right approach. You always approach the next game as your most important game. And then after that, then you address whatever needs you uh, you have, or whatever substitutions that you need to make, but your next game is always the most important thing. But I don't, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, it's almost like counterintuitive, right, to what we're used to in terms of at the 60th minute, it's customary that substitutions are made. Uh, most of the time, it's when a team needs a, a fresh injection of of new blood in there to to change something up. Uh, Making substitutions at four nothing or immediately after four nothing, it makes a lot of sense to us. But maybe it doesn't make a, a sense to Roger. And I, I agree with with Carlos. Maybe it's you know it's it's the fact that he doesn't want to disrupt the rhythm. Um, I think in, it, it, it's and for me it's not so more saving guys and, and resting guys because all of these guys are connected to a GPS device. So you know the technical staff is probably getting live stats as the game goes on in terms of how much has this guy ran? How much has this guy sprinted? What kind of intensity minutes has he had? You know, I, I think that he, the GPS may even monitor the, you know, heart rate. Uh, I think that, that bra uh, monitors heart rate. So you're able to monitor, 
if if you spent a certain amount of time at a certain heart rate level. So I don't I don't think it's um, it's because of fatigue. I I don't know, but it's just it's just it's it's a bit counterintuitive for us that we're we're so used to a certain way of of things and and maybe this is perfectly normal in Roger's world, um, but for us it's like. Well, why isn't he getting guys minutes? Why isn't he getting Sheldrup minutes? Why isn't he getting Musa minutes? You know, guys that, you know, are, are out there but really haven't had a, a big chunk of minutes. And that's the only reason why I would I would hope that he would made the substitutions. Not so much because we need to rest guys and maybe some of the older guys we need to rest. But like I said, if we, I think when we have possession, we do a lot of resting. I don't know, Dave. I don't know. It could be anything, really. But it's 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 difficult to to pinpoint uh, why he does that and and uh, out of all the the media that we have a press conference conferences nobody's ever asked him you're up six nothing I mean four nothing at the 69th minute or three nothing at at the half why in the 60th minute did you not make subs you know nobody's asked him that question out of all the questions that they could ask him they rather ask him about uh, you know why Rafa uh, why Rafa is not playing for the national team? I don't know. It's just stupid shit like that, man. I just don't understand. Um, let's see what some of these guys are are, are saying here. Uh, and and who would have thought that uh, we we would have seen Sharon uh, Sharon make his Estadio uh, Deluge appearance before guys like Tankstad and and Sheldrup, right? Like we've been clamoring. Like we know they made their Benfica uh, debuts. Uh, in Maritmu. Um but Chernador uh, getting some some minutes here from Roger. Hopefully, that's a good sign that negotiations yeah. for an extension are are underway, and we can get this guy locked down because I know he's had um, a lot of potential since uh, his signing a couple of years back. Yeah, I think that um, I think that the I think that maybe there was progress in the negotiations. Um, so I think that it, that's kind of like a sign like, okay, well, you gave us something, you know, we'll, we'll give you this. And, and, and Cher is, is really has been on the bench. He just made his debut and what better game to make his debut than, uh, you know, he played Champions League, right, Dave? No, he didn't. Was he he got oh, called up to the against, roster. Hey, yeah. Against, was against Vittori. So it was yeah, last yeah, game yeah. he came in. Uh, and look, it, maybe it's just like, well, you, you give me some, I'll, I'll give you some. You know, one hand washes the other, and hopefully Benfica can can lock him up because I'm not a huge fan of his style. I think that for the position that he plays, he lacks a little bit of intensity. He's a little bit too laid back to, for a guy that plays at eight. But he's 18 years old, uh, you know, so maybe he'll just progress a little bit. But I think it's a step in the right direction. Um Saucy saying at about the 68th minute last game, I looked up at the clock and said, well, here comes the subs. <laughs> LOL. Um, Scarrow boy, Roger will not rest Tino. Uh, Rio Ave game is just as important as the Porto game. I completely understand. We just finished saying that. Uh, Roger said we're not scared of anybody. We don't need to take yellows or rest players, says Raining Entertainment. Uh, Diogo Reis says, I honestly think it's because he wants his main guys focused and in form. Also, no player playing consistently well like they are wants to sit. I, I completely understand. 
Um, let's see what else uh, what else guys saying here. Um, yeah, Diogo Coelho saying uh, in in regards to uh, Nador, unlike Diego Junior, he could have been basking the same wave, and it seems he's soon his way out, seen his way out. Yeah, it's look. I think that um, that yeah, I'm mean, I'm encouraged by you know what we're seeing from from Cher in terms of the approximation from the club to to him, and not leave him completely way way um, out at all. So I'm I'm enjoying that, um, but yeah, another dominating champagne performance by Benfica, if you could say that. Uh, three goal lead into the second half, uh, and then in the in the in, in the second half we just managed the the tempo of the game and we waited for for Guimarães. It's unfortunate, as I mentioned, that we gave up a goal. That's a clean sheet for Vlaco Dimush, uh, but you know. Uh, Nonetheless, I think that the important thing was to get those three points because both Braga and Porto were playing each other um, on Sunday. Uh, and uh, it, they ended up splitting the points, which means that Benfica is now, what, uh, 10 points up on, uh, on Porto, 12 up on Braga, 18 up on Sporting. Um, Dave, numbers so we can move. Yeah, Gonzalo Ramos with uh, his 24th goal of the season, 16th in uh, league competition. He's now scored in the last uh, five consecutive games at the Estadio de Luz, so maybe make some money, place a bet uh, uh, for him to score against uh, Porto uh, when we uh, play at the Estadio de Luz uh, next game. João Mario with his fifth brace of the season, uh, now the sole lead leader in goal scored with his 17th. Uh, and João Mario is only two penalty goals away from tying Eusebio's record for most uh, penalty goals Epa. in a single season, 14 uh, by a Benfica player. I can't, I can't wait to uh, hear our opponents uh, talk about our, our penalty record season in João Mario. Um, anyway, um, Scaraboy, yeah, I forgot that. Endor score, uh, scored a great goal for the B team. Uh, the day after the Guimarães game, yeah, because he only played a few minutes for for the main team, he could play with the B team, and God knows the B team needs help. But but yeah, uh, he also says uh, Chernador is signing his extension. There's no way Benfica will call him up to the first team without these negotiations being to be done, being close to be done. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think that there's if there's an impasse in the negotiations. Benfica is just not moving forward. There, there's no sense of giving time to players uh, if your mind is elsewhere or if you don't want your future to be at Benfica. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, turning our attention now to the Champions League uh, draw. Uh, and, and I think that... Um, I forget who was, who was um, trading... Uh, messages with on on twitter that uh that they said that they felt that the 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 draw was going to be rigged to the point that uh, you know Bayern would be on one side and 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 Real Madrid would be on another side but Dave I can't remember of a draw this favorable for Benfica yeah Ever. I, I I was uh I was in disbelief uh, I was extremely happy I wish the the draw was over uh, and I was still sitting there shaking in, in excitement and the, the possibilities and the, the dreams of how far this 
team can uh, can go. This was definitely the best uh, case scenario. I think we all discussed that we wanted to avoid uh, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Man City, um, Napoli as well. But really, uh, we only have to uh, play Napoli if we get past Inter and Napoli gets uh, uh, get through uh, Milan, which they should. But on, on paper, this is best case scenario. Um, for for Benfica and the path is there for us to uh, to make the Champions League final. Yeah, no, look, I, I think that it's the side of the bracket, man. It, it's it's really good, uh, and I think if there was uh, any teams that we we wanted to face, and regardless of us being where we are and not really being afraid and being confident and being confident that you'll get the result at home or you will dominate a team at home like we have like we have with with PSG at times with Juventus for sure um but yeah i mean inter was the one team that we felt that would be nice because we saw them play porto and they didn't really impress me um i think that they do have their 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 traits and their qualities uh that could be bad for benfica uh, and I think the the most important thing is to be able to get a result uh, in Milan uh, and bring it to Stade de Luz and force Inter to come at you. No, I'm the sorry. Way it's, it's, the it's, way it's Stade de Luz first. Sorry. Yeah. Get the result at Stade de Luz, right? Get a positive result at Stade de Luz and then force Milan to come at you in Italy. And I think that's a different story because if you don't get the result of Shadi Luge and you go to Milan, you're going to see the same thing that, that you saw from Inter against Porto. It's a team that defends very well uh, and is not afraid to to play that Cantenaccio that we know that the Italians are, are famous for. Um, in terms of the Napoli AC Milan, I, I think that Napoli has been dominating this year's in, in Italy. Uh, I don't think that AC Milan is, is going to be much of a of an opponent. But when you got Champions Leagues, you got different motivation. You got uh, players that get up for these types of for these types of uh, games. So I don't know. It's anybody's game um, on that side. But I think that Benfica has enough, um, and especially if there's no injuries until then. Because uh, Dave, do you know the the dates? I think it's Riwav Porto. Um, Inter. Yeah. I've got right? them. Uh, yeah. So April second, we have uh, Rio Ave. Uh, the seventh is against Porto. Eleventh uh, uh, at home to Inter, and then nineteenth uh, is uh, away in Milan against Inter. Yeah. No, Shiku, Shiku, Mercy, Shiku. Only bad thing is to play the second leg away. Aside from that, that was perfect. Uh, look, I, I, there's people that look at it. Um, that that look at it uh, differently, right? There's people that prefer to to play the second leg at home uh, because you know you're in your own stadium with your own fans and you kind of con- you can control the narrative in terms of the game. Um, but I think that look, we, we saw what they did to Porto. They won one nothing in Milan, brought it to Porto, and they just played defense, uh, and they were able to. To uh, to get it out. In, in this case, I think it's kind of it's favorable because of the opponent, 
that if Benfica gets a positive result, they're starting to lose, as I mentioned, and we go to Inter Milan. Inter has now, they have to come and play. They have to come and play, and when they come and play, they open and expose themselves, and I think that's it's perfect for Benfica. So, but the key is to get uh, to get that home um, uh, that home field advantage, uh, and really uh, take it to Milan and, and and be able to to play the way that you have been. Um, I don't think there's any Benfica that looks at this draw that's fearful or hesitant in in terms of. You know what kind of confidence we should have on this team, and I'm I'm very confident that um, provided that this team stays healthy and we don't lose any key guys between now and then, I'm knocking on wood. Did you hear that, Dave? I heard it. <laughs> um, provided we don't uh, anybody that you know everybody stays healthy, I think we should have a good chance to um, to meet either AC or or Napoli uh, any other game. On the way to the final, and I think like you look at this path, and yeah, can can we dream, Dave? What what do you think? Is, yeah. is if you have to, if you have to, to look at this whole thing, right? And without even Benfica playing one minute yet of the quarterfinals, but you look at this path that Benfica has, what would you say? What kind of percentage would you give Benfica to make it to the Champions League final? Hmm. 40%, I would say. 40%? 40, 40%. Inter doesn't scare me. Um, they're they're having uh, an up-and-down season. They made it this far in the Champions League, but really, if you look at the uh, Italian League, teams two uh, through six, really, they, they're not having the greatest uh, of seasons, so that includes Inter and Milan, Roma, Lazio, in that... Uh, that makes they really don't nobody wants to run away with those uh, positions. They're all uh, win one game, lose two, and uh, Inter and both Milan clubs are, are not having the uh, the greatest of seasons. So the only team on our side of the bracket that scares me is Napoli, as they're running away with the uh, the Italian so, season. Okay, so, so what you're saying is basically we if we we get past Inter, right? I think yeah. that we're in consensus, right? So yeah. you think that Napoli's favored in that fixture? Yes, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would. I would think that I would. I would tend to think that it's more of a. I don't think it's less fifty-fifty for me, but it, it could. I think it's sixty-forty for Benfica, that Benfica gets past Napoli. And that's um, probably us being a little bit home home bias, uh, a little bit biased. Because if you ask other yeah. people, they'll give it. They'll probably give a, a bigger. Uh, favorite to to Napoli I think they're they're if if Napoli wasn't in it Benfica would be this season's Champions League Cinderella darlings but uh, I think everyone's got that pegged on Napoli uh, at the moment so um but it would be good if that's the semi-final Benfica Napoli that's uh that's one hell of a semi-final and we're in for a treat um if that's the the case but I think I, I would still give the uh, the slight advantage to uh to Napoli yeah, Boris is saying that he wants to see the same final as 1962. Um, uh, Scare boy, first we got Bruges and then this. Uh, this is our opportunity to make history. I, I get it, man. And I think that last time that Port won, Porto won the Champions League, everything seemed to line up, and then they got a couple breaks on some key games that they played. Um, let's see. Game by game, we will get there. Flavio Freire. 
Uh, Scarrow Boy says, don't sleep on Napoli. That team is playing amazing football. I hope we beat Inter and Milan beat Napoli. Hey, we, ne we never know. That could be it. Um, if we and Napoli go through, we will see great games. Yeah, I agree. Glenn Gomes was the, the person that I was having a conversation in terms of the, the drawing being rigged. Uh, and he's on here saying, if we were on the other side of the bracket, opponents would say they wanted to keep first place teams away from you. Yeah. Um, and Chico Marcelino is, is always uh, is also saying that uh, that missing was he saying was he? Oh no! Um, yeah, Chico Marcelino was saying that missing uh, Otamendi. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. I'm trying to read these his comments and, and run the show at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that if you're going to miss Otamendi, uh, you want to miss him at Chile to lose, right? Not in, in Italy where you need the, the nitty-gritty. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So, excited, man. Dave, I'm excited about uh, about our, our prospects. And, and certainly at this stage, we could have seen a Bayern or a Real Madrid or a City. I'm not too concerned about Chelsea. Um but yeah, we really lucked out in terms. I guess of... I guess we could have made this this draw even better if it was Milan and Chelsea on the other half and, and throw Napoli against the uh, Real Madrid if we really wanted to get picky with uh, yeah. our selections. But yeah, I yeah. couldn't have couldn't have drawn it any any better. And uh, the path the pathway is is drawn and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, really, I, I I this is definitely the first in, in my lifetime that. Uh, uh, I can remember uh, a, a reasonable path to a Champions League final for for Benfica. So put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Look, and and I agree that uh, Napoli's basically running away with uh, with the with the Calcio uh, this year. They've been they've been very consistent, or, or maybe the other ones have just been inconsistent. But I'm, I'm sure that Napoli's doing pretty well. I haven't looked in on on what's going on at the Calcio, but certainly Juventus has been what they've been. Inter. Far from impressive. Roma, same thing. Um, AC Milan has been inconsistent also. Uh, so I, I think that uh, Napoli's the consistency in, in the way that they're playing is you know has them running away. I think that it's all but wrapped up. Um, oh, Carlos was saying missing Otamendi is a real concern. Yeah, sorry. I know I read that somewhere. Um, but yeah, um, good draw. Excited about it. You know, I don't know about you, Dave. Every Benfica should be excited about it because we, you know, we talk about uh, if we've ever, if we'll ever see Benfica win the Champions League in our lifetime, um, and 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 maybe this is maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because we still got to beat Inter and we still got to beat whoever comes out of the other side and then be in the final. Um, but if Benfica go to the the final, this would be the third, third or f fourth final that I've you know that I've seen Benfica in, and during my lifetime, which would be nice. Dave, any any uh, any plans to go to Istanbul if Benfica makes it? Uh, no, not with a, a wedding coming up. Uh, I, I, I have no uh, no plans, but uh, that would be pretty funny. If we go to uh, Istanbul, we can send somebody to go pick up Bruno Lage's balls that he left there from 
back in the day when he started all those youngsters uh, for uh, what was that? Was that Europa League or uh, Champions League? No, there was a Europa League. I think it was uh, we got bounced from the Champions to the Europa League, and that was the first game of the Europa League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he started. Who was our, who were our young guys at that? I think Florentino was was still uh, probably made his debut. Yeah, Jean, Florentino Jean, was there. Jetson, Jetson, Juan Felix. I remember. Uh, I Yuri, remember. I believe the the, the the Tavares kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a <laughs> whatever, man. We just we we have to look back and kind of laugh at at the whole thing. Um, I I want to know if anybody's in the chat. If we make it to Istanbul, how many of you guys are? Are planning on going? I'll be interested in in seeing that. Tomas Tavares, yeah, Tomas and the other dude, Nun Tavares, the 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 dog lover, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, he was the dog lover. The dog lover. He was French kitchen the dog on on Instagram. Beautiful. Diogo Reis, he's got his hand up. Who else is planning on going in Istanbul, man? That's a that's a crazy lifetime once in a lifetime trip, and uh, I think that if we we get half the capacity uh, in terms of seating available for fans, so it's not like an away game that you get the typical uh, twenty five hundred. Boris is saying that he's working in Bulgaria, so he might he might walk over there. Stone's throw Istanbul in Bulgaria. Um, uh, raining entertainment say my worry is how expensive and if the tickets will be sold out um i don't i i, I don't recall where raining is but i i remember once upon a time when Benfica went to the final against chelsea and especially here i know that there was uh travel agencies here companies that uh chartered flights and the the price of the flight included um I think two nights in a hotel and a and a and a ticket to the game, and I don't recall what the what the price was. But look, how many how often do you get to go see uh, Benfica in a Champions League final? But we're getting ahead of ourselves anyway. Dave, international break or inter boring break as I call it. <laughs> what? Uh, Who's, uh, I know that we were talking about Roger Schmidt giving uh, nine days off to uh, the, the squad, which I think they deserve. Who are the guys that uh, are uh, are working during vacation? Uh, we've got uh, Antonio Silva, João Mario, and Gonzalo Ramos, uh, who uh, were called up to the uh, Portuguese uh, national team. Otamendi went uh, back to Argentina. Uh, Odysseus is playing for the Greek national team. Uh, Arshnis is playing for the uh, Norwegian team. Uh, ba got a call up uh, for the Danish team. Uh, Musa got a call up to uh, the Croatian uh, national uh, team. And then some of our uh, younger guys here, Samu got called up to the under-21 team. Uh, Juan Nevsh and uh, Andre Gomes uh, to the under 19 team and Sheldrup got called up to the under 19 uh Norwegian uh team yeah so quite a list and uh, my hope is that all those guys come back um come back uh, healthy and nothing happens to the team Dave are you concerned that um every time we have an international break we kind of we kind of sputter a little bit I mean that that is a concern that's what we saw 
when we first dropped points against uh, Guimarães. That was after uh, international break and. Just we, also as, had, uh, we had Braga. We had Braga after the World we had Cup. Braga. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's a concern, but uh, we got to trust in, in Roger uh, Schmidt. Um, it, it's just really disappointing because I, I think it was only two, three weeks ago that Chris had concerns that the team was only winning one or two, nothing, really not convincing uh, victories. But now... We have a 5-1 victory against uh, Guimarães. We put away Maritmo uh, early, and uh, now we're starting to see the results that we all um, were hoping for. So this uh, international break couldn't have come at a, at a worse time, but um, yeah, as long as yeah. everybody stays healthy, um, I'm sure that uh, Roger will whip him into uh, to game shape, and uh, that's what we have the uh, Rio Ave game uh, to... Uh, work out our kinks before uh we got Porto uh, on the Friday there. Yeah, I think look, I think it, it it breaks up some of the routines that the team has in terms of uh play, rest, train, prepare for the next game. Um sometimes we got the game half half halfway through the the week or midweek. Uh and I think it just breaks breaks it up. I I'm a lot more I'm I'm concerned about any injury problems. I think at this time of the season, uh, I think the team is in, in a position where it's almost like riding a bike. You don't you don't forget it. You just you just get back into it. Uh, you, you shake off some of the rust. The guys with the national teams obviously will be will will, will have trained every day basically with their na- with their respective national teams. But I'm I'm concerned about this momentum that we've built up. Uh, and especially with the Riwav game away, which is always a tricky game, and then you got Porto at the Luge, uh, and you got Inter. Uh, I think that is a delicate run of games, uh, and I think that uh, because of internet, this international break, it kind of puts a little bit of a of a question mark in terms of what we're going to see from the team. But as I mentioned, I think that at this point the team is is well drilled and. They're all. They should all be up to par in terms of what's needed. So, I'm more concerned about injuries because it's late in the season. A lot of guys have have a lot of games on their legs. Uh, now they got this international break where uh, it's two games compressed within ten days, if I'm not mistaken. Um, hard training sessions, right? And with the national team. Um, you want to make sure that you're out there and working as hard as as you can because you're representing your country. For some guys, it's they're getting a call up for the for the first time to their to their national teams, and they're always going to work extra hard. So I'm a little bit concerned about in terms of the effort that's going to be put forth by a lot of these players that are going to be away to their national teams, and to see if maybe they don't. Um, there's nothing that they kind of force or force themselves into a, an injury as a result of a little bit of uh, extra effort. So I don't know. I'm, but I'm, but that's what I'm most concerned about. Um, yeah, Justin Aragon says the same thing. As long as our guys don't get injured, that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, Diogo Reis, giving the guys this extra time, hopefully fix the issue uh, of pitch rust because they won't complain when Roger pushes them when they get back. 
Um, that's Diogo Flavio Reyes. If we go through Casa Benfica, New Jersey, put a travel package together. Let us know. Uh, I think I, I I think that usually uh, there's I I remember man a long time ago well not long time ago but when we played when we played Milan when we played Milan and I've also heard from when Porto has been in finals there's always uh, places whether it's uh, a travel agency or whether Casa do Benfica. Uh, puts together a package, which is a charter flight, a ticket to the game, and I think uh, like a one night or a hotel stay, something like that, man. Something like that. I know that there's going to be packages because uh, there's going to be a lot of seats available. Um, and I wish I could do the trip, and but I, unfortunately, I, I I won't be able to do it. Uh, but yeah, but everybody's excited, I'm I'm sure, and everybody's looking forward to that. Dave, what else we got? That's what it, else right? We got? we got it. Yeah, that's it. Unless you want to go through the April schedule, they haven't released all the times and dates yet. After yeah, um, so let's go to the through the April schedule and then we'll, we'll leave. Yeah. So uh, on the Sunday, April second, uh, we have uh, Rio Ave. Then uh, Good Friday, April seventh, we've got uh, Porto at at home. Uh, the Tuesday, April eleventh, we have uh, Inter. Uh, still at home and then uh, these dates haven't been confirmed but the weekend of the 16th we are away at Shavsh then we fly to uh, Milan to play the uh, return leg uh, on uh, Wednesday April 19th then uh, the weekend of April 23rd we play uh, Estoril uh, and then we wrap up April uh, away at uh, Jovi Sent on uh, the weekend of the 30th. So seven uh, seven games here scheduled in, in April um, in a 30-day month. So busy month for the uh, the team here. Yeah, and Befica is six, win, six wins away from the title. And obviously, uh, Porto comes within those six games. So I think that if we beat Porto, uh, mathematically... We're still not champions, but I think it's it's a foregone conclusion that at that point we uh, we have the title wrapped up. You know, I don't want to speak too soon, Dave. And I know that we're all excited and yeah. Whenever it happens, everybody. it'll happen. Just put it yeah, I, put it that way. I, yeah, everybody's excited and we're all giddy about what we've seen from this team and uh, everybody's excited and you can almost feel it and. I wonder how much I was telling you this, Dave, before we came on. I want. I wonder how long it's going to take for those reservado signs to come out. So, my background. Uh, my background is ready. I'm. Uh, I'm already there. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm ready to be at the uh, the boom ball uh, again and celebrating. Uh, yeah. It's been. It's been way too. Uh, way too long, and uh, like we've uh, we've said here, it's uh, it's about time that. We've been uh, witness to some good football uh, from this, yeah. uh, this team here. So yeah, and yeah, and Scaro boy, thanks for the PSA, brother. Uh, this weekend we have our women team playing Sporting at Stade Luz. It's free for saucies and five euros for the general public. Uh, let's let's break the record, man. Let's break the record in terms of attendance. I I believe last game we played them at Stade Luz was a record-setting game. Uh, I think I. Uh, I've, I've read in the paper, I read on Ebola, I think two teams that played today set the record for 
um, most uh, attendance at a women's game in in, uh, in Europe. I forget who the teams were, but I read that today. My memory's shot. Um, but yeah, man, if you uh, go out to Stade Luz, man, it's always it's always a nice a nice time. If you're in Portugal, go out to Stade Luz, watch the women play. They've beaten Sporting bad every single game that they've played this year, and I'm hoping that this this will be another another one. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. It's definitely uh, Carlos saying it's definitely already jumping in the atoms of our blood. Yeah, of course. Uh, Raining entertainment. We have to go through this together. Support the team through everything with complete belief in them. No disrespect to our opponents, but Benfica before everyone. Yeah, I I think it's it's always been within Benfica's DNA as a club that we. We respect our opponents. Uh, there's a great deal of respect for opponent, opponents, unlike other teams. Anyway, that's all I got. Dave, see, say goodbye to everyone. Ciao. Have a, have a good night. I don't. We will not be uh, here yeah. next, right? We'll be away on uh, international break. Yeah, don't count on us to, uh, to do an international break. Where we take a vacation, we're gonna. Roger Schmidt has called me personally. He said, "You guys go ahead and take a week off." Thanks, Roger. Dankeschön. Is that you say thank you in in uh, in German? I think sounds uh, sounds uh, correct. Sounds to me. about right. Yeah. Don't come to me right, uh, for languages. Thanks. Uh, yeah, us geography and math and you for languages. We're not. <laughs> we're by any stretch of the imagination are we any type of scholars for sure. Oh. For scholars, we have Carlos. Carlos is a scholar. All right, everybody. Thanks for for keeping us company. Thanks for keeping the chat alive. Uh, thank you very much. Um, enjoy your week. And uh, I'm sorry that Benfica won't be playing this this weekend. So you can watch the the Benfica women. They're always very entertaining, as I mentioned. Take care, everyone. Later. <laughs>